Hello, I'm Daisy. And I'm Emma Hahn. We are the executive directors of the Bright Eyed's first ever Teen Changemaker Conference. TCMCon is a virtual conference on July 26th to the 30th that aims to inspire, equip, and empower teens to make a difference. Attend masterclasses and workshops led by professionals, panel events with inspiring teens, and get the chance to meet people from all over the world, all from the comfort of your home. Register for free at tcmcon.carrd.co and follow us on Instagram at TeenChangemakerCon for updates. Hope to see you there! Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering teens to make a difference. Each week, I interview inspiring teens from all over the world to help share their story and talk about important global issues. Tune in to start your week feeling a little more inspired and empowered to make a change. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Hello there and welcome to The Bright-Eyed. In honor of Pride Month, my guest today is an activist from India who is passionate about LGBTQ plus rights and women's education rights. Shiva Chopra loves embarking on research projects where she can meet new people and express their voices through writing and raising awareness on social media. She also recently founded an online magazine called The Metamorphosis. Welcome to the show, Shiva. It's so good to have you. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Yes, and I'm super excited to talk with you. Um, and you are passionate about LGBTQ plus rights and women's education and activism because you are an activist. So I was wondering if you could tell us what got you interested in those issues? Um, so being from India, those are the two issues that I felt were the most important and the most overlooked. Education accessibility in India for girls and women is something that we've been struggling with for a long time and I felt that whatever small impact I could have on that would be really nice and um, again LGBTQ rights too they just um, being LGBT just got decriminalized like two years ago so um, it's not been that long where it's been accepted and even now there's such a social stigma around it So um, I really feel like these two are one of the biggest issues that I see personally in my daily life that I wanted to try to fix. Yeah, that's amazing. And at at what point did you, um, you know, learn about these issues and what they're like, where you're from and realize that you wanted to do something about it? So I am, I'm privileged to come from an international school and I also live in a big metropolitan city. So I've been kind of exposed to different cultures and different peoples for for my whole life almost. So um, having people, having friends in the LGBTQ community and people so close to me, um, I've always been aware of the issues and things that they have had to face. And so I wanted to um, kind of help work on that. And also as for women, being a woman myself, I am so privileged to have such a great education, but I know there's so many people literally next door who do not have that. And um, a lot of people in my school actually work on that issue as well. So I kind of got exposed to it from my peers. Wow. Um, So you kind of got like that global perspective early. Um, And I I love seeing how that kind of like informed your activism and has brought you to where you are today. I think that's such a great experience to have. 
So what does the uh, LGBTQ plus movement look like um, in India? Um, so it only got decriminalized um, in 2018. So it's really not been that long. Um, but it's still illegal to get married. Um, it's still illegal to adopt in a lot of places. It's, you still cannot live together being partners. So there's a lot more to do. Um, but where I kind of focus on is more um, LGBT youth because that's what I'm most exposed to. So um, I don't know how much I can speak for the adults, but for the kids and the young um, young adults, being in schools is very hard because you have teachers who are not very accepting. Also, a lot of Indian curriculums and the whole education system is based on a very heteronormative perspective. So it's not very easy for LGBT students to feel accepted, even in an international school like mine, like most of my school is foreign. Um, and American or English, so it's much easier for that to be accepted. And I do have teachers who are part of the LGBTQ community, but for most people in India, that's not the case and they don't have any exposure to it or do not have any ed education about it, it's probably better to say. So um, most people do not accept it. And it's not just the old people, a lot of young people also do not understand it, do not think it's right call it a lifestyle it's just people don't accept it and people are um, so horrible towards lgbt teens especially and hate crimes honestly now more than ever so in what ways can the indian education system and really education systems around the world be more inclusive towards lgbtq plus students so one thing I really focused on is just making classrooms more inclusive because I know um, in Western countries, when you walk into a classroom and you say you're LGBT, depending on where you are, you do you can get a bad reaction, but that's not going to prevent you from getting an education, which is not always the case here. So what I try to focus on is making school curriculums more inclusive, like in literature, for example, it's not that hard to include a book written by an LGBTQ author with representation. Um, or, you know, when you talk, maybe don't say guys or hey, girls and boys, like, and, you know, on school forms, it's not always necessary to put gender, like the so I do the IB curriculum. The IB does not ask for it, but many schools do at a school level. So it's not necessary to ask for pronouns or make it optional even because I know a lot of Indian schools just have male, female or other. Like there's no place to explain. It's just, it just like small things like have libraries um, which are LGBT inclusive or just educate teachers on how to treat LGBTQ students because a lot of the times when you come out to a teacher the teachers don't know how to respond and they just don't know how to support you and even the school counselors don't really know how to support you um, and that's actually the best case scenario no support um, some people actually get an adverse reaction and the school kind of you know torments them and tells their family even sometimes like it's just not a great situation for the student to be in because they get treated differently in the classroom just because of their sexuality. Wow. Um, and so kind of like realizing and noticing those little things, um, how did you incorporate your love of writing to raise more awareness about that and bring attention to issues that clearly needed changing? 
Um, I really do believe that storytelling is the best way to get people on your side. Um, so if I can produce an effective piece of writing that tells a story, um, I feel like my message can be put across. So that's why when I embarked on my project like a year ago now, actually, um, I really want to focus on telling people's stories. So I interviewed people and I um, I interviewed LGBTQ youth and I ended up turning that, that interview into a story, like a, like a short story. And I felt like that would be more effective than just writing an article because people like plots, people like reading stories. It's just more fun. And that way I felt like I could cater to wider audience. That way even young people who weren't really aware, like maybe grade six or grade seven, like 10 year olds could read that and maybe get a little bit of an understanding about the struggles they have to face. So um, I feel like through my writing, I really get to portray what I want to and say what I want to in the most authentic way possible. That's incredible. And I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I love reading stories. And I think storytelling is so much more effective because you can kind of show like the similarities between someone you can relate to them on a deeper level because you're reading it in story form so I, I think that's so cool that you were able to turn an interview into a story for people to read um that that's just so cool and is that something that kind of inspired you to start your online magazine uh, the metamorphosis yeah, that was definitely one of the things that um, got me to start. So um, I just love writing, honestly, in all forms, whether that's story, poems, but it's mostly informative articles, honestly. But um, also being a part of many other magazines, whether they're online or even my school one, it just kind of felt like a good next step. Also, um, I really do still feel that it's um, hard to have that access in India and have somebody who relates. Um, and so even though um, there are people in my magazine from all across the world, a lot of the articles you will see are written from an Indian perspective. And I feel like that's helpful to understand because when a foreigner writes about issues in India, um, it gives a very different perspective than when an Indian who's living here currently writes about that same issue. So um, some people are not writing from here and they can provide their own perspective, but also um, I want to put an emphasis on Indian voices and Indian young voices. Um, yeah. I love that. So you're really amplifying the voices of people around you, um, which is kind of like exactly what the podcast goal is too. So I, I love that you are not only providing a platform for you to use your voice, but like give a voice to other people. I think that's so incredible. Um, so how have you been creating a safe space for Gen Z to discuss topics that are important to them and relevant and they feel that they need to write about um, through your magazine? I feel like a lot of times many adults can be kind of dismissive towards Gen Z because we're seen as the most like chaotic, probably TikTok obsessed generation. Um, and we don't have TikTok in India, it's banned. But um, I feel like that's the perspective we kind of think of our generation. And I really don't agree with that. I genuinely feel that our generation is one of the most powerful one who's really going to take active steps to make our community better. And I really want to do that with my magazine too, because when I first started applying for magazines, I felt that one, I didn't have enough experience to be accepted, which got me many rejections. 
and also i didn't know how comfortable i would be um working with people who didn't fully understand my voices because i had white straight editors from across the world so what i tried to do is um really have a diverse group of people in my magazine and that way no matter what you are writing you'll have somebody who understands you but also you'll have somebody pro- to to provide a different perspective so if you can get many different people um you can get the same perspective as well as different ones so if the article calls for a person of color editor versus the person versus the article calls for an lgbt editor we kind of have all of that or at least i'm trying to have all of that and it's slowly developing so um i feel like it's really helpful in making them feel comfortable also a lot of the writers and editors don't have prior experience which i feel like provides a very it's it's honestly really beautiful authentic piece of work because it hasn't been tampered with and i really because i get to know them i know their individual voices and that's so important for me to keep so it all doesn't sound the exact same and just honestly seeing them grow and express themselves makes me so happy i love that um and that that's so cool i don't think i've ever talked to a magazine who like kind of worked to diversify the perspectives of their editors um that's something that i hadn't considered before so i love that you're making a point to do that um and so like how have you seen that impact the work that you guys are producing and also the types of people who read enjoy and relate to the articles you're producing so we have a pretty small team actually like it's not many people it's about like 15 10 to 15 people actually so but i genuinely do think that you know sometimes when somebody produces a piece of work that is sometimes a little bit tone deaf um they may not understand that and that's happened with me too i'm not blaming it on anybody else there's sometimes where i talk about race issues which i'm not fully understanding maybe or maybe i just have a different perspective on it or cuz i sometimes write things about other countries as well i don't just write about um and yes there's some things i don't understand or you know have a biased perspective obviously so um it's really helpful to have people who can call you out on that and feel comfortable calling you out on that and um the feedback we've gotten till now has been pretty positive and i feel like everybody kind of finds something that they connect with just because somebody they relate to has written it so um just because of the diversity people feel like they can connect to even the writers if not what's actually written because some are opinion pieces obviously so if they know a little girl from india who's brown has written it maybe they can connect with that and feel like it's more authentic i love that and i i agree i think like seeing representation in literature and writing in journalism is such a big deal because uh, for for someone who maybe can't relate to everything it's super cool to see people who look like you and who maybe have like a similar experience as you writing things on you know i i think that's incredibly beautiful and i love that your magazine has created that so if anyone's interested in reading you should totally go check it out um i love all their articles and I, by listening, I'm pretty sure that you'll get a really great um, mix of perspectives and super cool writing. So you should check that out. 
Um, <laughs> my next question is asking for any listeners who are interested in becoming an activist, either for LGBTQ plus rights or for women's education rights or any of the topics that you've been kind of discussing today. So what are some ways that they can get involved? So I feel like first you have to start in your community and that's what I did. I started with my school and how, what can I do to fix this or change a little bit of it? And then you gradually go bigger. I feel like we have very large expectations of what we want this to be. I thought of my magazine from before I did my first research project. I knew what it was going to be. I knew everything about it. But, you know, it takes steps to feel confident to create something like that because I wanted to be, I want. I wanted to do justice to the people I was talking about. And I didn't feel like I could do that before doing something locally and then doing other people's magazines globally and then starting my own. So I feel like baby steps are always great. Also, you know, I feel like a lot of times it's hard for us to start things on our own, which I really struggled with for about a year now. So you can join other people's. By the way, our applications are still open. But um if you know like joining things is always great but I really think that you know it's always things you can do in your community also just because um also just because um social media has such a big presence now it's always easy to find something that you can do online Right. I love that. Um, And yes, you guys should totally look into that application if you're interested in uh, learning about what it's like to work in a magazine. Um, And I I love that. That sounds like great advice. Um, So I hope anyone listening who's interested um, can take that to heart. All right. So it's time for a cute little Q&A with questions submitted by listeners. So if you want to get your question featured on the show, be sure to follow at the Bright Eye Pod on Instagram. Sophia from California wants to know how do how you started being an activist. So um, one unique thing about the IB program in the tenth grade, I guess, is that they make you do a research project. Like a, it's called the personal project. It doesn't have to be a research project. You have to produce something that you want to do and mean something to you. So um, that's when I did my first research project. I chose to do it on LGBT rights, and that's how you know it developed. But um, I feel like there are always opportunities if you look for it. Um, most schools I know have magazines that you can start doing that but also a lot of schools will let you start clubs or let you do things like that but if not you can just create a social media page like you do with a podcast maybe or you know just create an online blog where you write it doesn't have to be very big at first um but I really think you should connect with people in your community because finding people in India who did what I did was really meaningful to me because you know, I could kind of get advice from them and see what to do, what not to do. But Italy, you can start as small as you want. Just put out things that you're proud of and put out things that mean something to you, whether that's in the form of a podcast or magazine or a book even. There are many different forms you could do it in. Yes, I agree. If you're passionate about an issue, the best thing to do is to just like use what you're good at and use what your strengths are and like, you know, try to do something with it. So if you are a gifted writer like Shiva, uh, starting a magazine or a blog, or if you like talking to people, maybe a podcast. So I think there are a lot of different ways you can use. And even community service is a good way to start. Like you can find NGOs in your community. Like my brother is um, into STEM. He's not really 
um, doesn't really write that much, but he found ways that he could use his STEM ability to help other people. And um, just connecting with NGOs is a really good way to start because you get direction from other people who have been in that space for longer than you. Right. I agree. And I think especially like I, I found so much support and like com- a sense of community with like teen founders and people who have started things like for the most part, people are super kind and willing to help you. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask. Like just DM people. Right, most yeah. of them reply. <laughs> exactly. And they love it too. They love like uh, what I love about Gen Z is that it's not competitive and cutthroat. It's very like we support each other and we're there for each other. Um, so yeah, you can expect uh, super excitedness to see that someone else is trying to start something like you. So don't be afraid. Yeah, I love I love getting DMs about people asking me about what I'm doing or how to start or honestly anything. Like I'll get on a Zoom call with you. I just love talking and meeting new people. And I feel like this really, like you said, unique to Gen Z where it's so supportive and kind and like there's space for everybody. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love the way that you phrase that. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, I am super excited to put this episode out and have people listen to it. Uh, but before we head out, I would love to ask you one last question. Um, if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? I would just say be kind to people as um, kind of cliche as it sounds. Because what gets you further in life is not how smart you are, what you do. It's honestly how good you are to people. And I feel like when you are genuinely a good soul who wants the best for other people, that really radiates. And just do your best and romanticize your life and everything is beautiful. Just do what you can in the small space you have. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a rating and review and follow or subscribe on the platform you're tuning in from. To see a video version of this episode and any other episode in season three, subscribe to the Bright Eyed Podcast on YouTube. For updates and more inspiring content, follow at the Bright Eyed Pod on Instagram. Tune in next week for another inspiring interview. And until then, I'll talk to you soon.